today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Soberlink. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery of results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. To learn more or sign up today, visit Soberlink.com backslash family law. Use promo code BEYOND20 to receive $50 off a device. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. What is different about Kundalini is that you're working on the subconscious mind and you're having a different, different physical experience in your body. And that starts to change us. And so you will come out feeling much more neutral. And ideally, when we're approaching things from a neutral space, we have that third option, right? We're in that triangulate rather than positive or negative, male or female, right or wrong, black or white. When we're in that neutral space, we have the ability to see the forest for the trees. And then we take things less personally, and then we are less reactive, and there is enormous potential for healing in that. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and for anyone recovering from trauma, be it divorce, death, or other difficult life transition, today's episode is going to be a lifeline. My guest is going to share her kundalini practice, her technology, and her experience in helping people to overcome the traumas in their lives free themselves and move forward. So I'm very excited to introduce you in person. So for those of you who are watching us on the YouTube channel, um, I have with me today, Dea Carr. Thank you, Susan. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to see you in person. I know. Yeah. So this is a treat. Yes, this is a, for those of you who are regular listeners or watchers of the YouTube channel, you know that often I'm very remote from my um, my guests, but I was traveling to California where Dea lives. And so we have the wonderful opportunity to be here in Pasadena, California together to tape this show, which I'm really excited to be able to do that because we're talking on, you know, several 
several topics and several layers of healing and helping people through emotional trauma. And you have a lot of experience in that, but in ways that I think most of my listeners, you know, people think they go to a therapist for help with trauma or talk to family and friends, but you really have some, you know, technologies and, and, assistance and help. I'm calling it a technology and we're going to talk about that, but you are, I just want to give everyone a little background on you. You um, are a Kundalini yoga expert and you teach here in Los Angeles. Um, For those of you who are lucky enough to be here in Los Angeles, you have group classes at Yoga West as well as Wanderlust in in Hollywood, which has to be just fantastic. If I, next time I'm out here, I'm definitely going to try and make it to a class. Um, and you were given your spiritual name, which is Dea Carr, mm-hmm. by the master of Kundalini Yoga, which is Yogi Bhajan. Bhajan? Bhajan. Bhajan. See, yeah. I knew I was going to get it wrong. But And that was all the way back in 1998. Yeah. So, yeah. But you met him in person, uh-huh. and he gave you your name, which means Princess of Wisdom, Compassion, and Strength. So, again, for people who are going through trauma, that's, you know, th- those are the the qualities that they're looking for and someone to be helping them. So you are joining the podcast family. I, am, I yes. just found out. I'm very excited. You are starting your own podcast. Yeah. Tell everyone what it's called. Sexual Alchemy with Dea Carr. And it's ultimately a uh, opportunity for conversation, conscious conversation about conscious sexuality and the sacred aspects of sexuality and really healing of the second chakra, which is uh, that sacral area. I, I'm excited. We are going to talk about yes. the, the podcast, Thank and I'm you. very happy you're joining the podcast family. You know how excited I am to have a show. And, and just, to, you know, it's a wonderful way to be able to take all the, the knowledge. You know, you and I have 30 minutes to talk in today's show, yeah. um, which is really just a glancing blow of information. But with your show, and I encourage everyone to go listen. It'll be starting going live soon. soon. Um, I recommend that people go listen because when you're able to have that weekly show, you're able to bring so much information and you have some wonderful guests already lined up. I know it's exciting. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's dive into the trauma and healing aspect. Um, and you know, what in your practice and teachings can be helpful to people because as you know, divorce podcast, trauma and the need to heal are an ever present part of the journey. And for so many people, we were talking just before we were starting to tape, and I was just talking to a woman yesterday. She was talking about her divorce, telling me very detailed, you know, things about what had happened. And then it turns out they were stories from four years ago. And she's still caught and living, living, you know, I could just feel it. That day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it was still happening for her. And I know so many people have a hard time moving on. So one of the things that, uh, you know, I saw actually on your website, I don't believe in miracles. I rely on them, um, is a quote that you have from Yogi Bhajan. Bhajan. And, um, you know, in some ways, as we've talked about, Kundalini yoga can be that kind of a miracle for people who are looking to recover and heal. So let's just start with what is Kundalini Yoga? What makes it different? What makes it special? What drew you to it? Yeah, thank you. Kundalini Yoga. So I've been practicing for 22 years um, and it's 
I remember when I first started, I thought it was a little strange because it's a little different than one would imagine, I think, a typical yoga class in that starting with, um, throughout most of the class, your eyes are closed, uh, which can be a bit unusual for people. But the point being that you are focused in and up between your eyebrows at your pituitary gland, which is our third eye, right? So you're having an introspective experience. So you're going through the exercises, <clears throat> you're chanting mantra, which may feel a little unusual at first, and you're ultimately meditating throughout the entire process. So it's an opportunity to be more introspective. And what I found in my accumulative experience more and more, that I was coming at life from a much less reactive place. The more I meditated, the more I was in that process and that experience of Kundalini Yoga, because that's really what it is. It's about having a different experience in your physical body. And that is how we change, right? Because we can theoretically understand something. Read about, how many times have you read a self-help book and go, "Yes, right, this is the new sounds me, great." Right? Yes. I'm going to underline an exclamation point and dog you. Oh, you've page. seen me reading. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, it's interactive. <laughs> but ultimately, it's very hard to actually um, implement those changes. What is different about Kundalini is that you're working on the subconscious mind, and you're having a different, different physical experience in your body. And that starts to change us. And so you'll come out feeling much more neutral. And ideally, when we're approaching things from a neutral space, we have that third option, right? We're in that triangulate rather than positive or negative, male or female, right or wrong, black or white. When we're in that neutral space, we have the ability to see the forest for the trees. And then we take things less personally, and then we are less reactive, and there is enormous potential for healing in that. I love that you just said that, that the third option, you know, I'm a, a strong proponent of mediation in divorce. Yeah. And one of the things that I try to explain to people all the time is the reason that I love mediation is because it's not the black and white win or lose. We are looking for the third option, the solution in, in creating what's going to work best for that family as a whole, not what works best for one side or the other. Right. Because when it's me against you, nobody wins. It, it, I mean, and that's True. the, you know, the typical adversarial litigation model right. is trying to win, trying to lose. And it doesn't have to be that way. And, and in any aspect of our lives, which is really what I think you're talking about is in all things in life, conflict's going to come up, whether it's divorce we're talking about or arguing with your three-year-old over whether they're going to wear, you know, pink pants or a purple t-shirt and that's it or whatever it is for the day, right? Yeah. There's There are things that are going to come up and something in this technology of, of the Kundalini Yoga helps you to find the space to, to be without having to be one way or another. And that's, you know, what I think sounds so appealing for people. You mentioned when we talked that this is, you know, I, everyone thinks of yoga as a practice and it's something that you have to do forever before you finally start to get it and all. Mm -hmm. And you've talked about going to, you know, trauma centers and, and working with people. And in one session, people have, have changed. Can you describe that? Yeah. I mean, it's ultimately... What I like to explain it to people, if, if I'm never going to see you again, and this is our one opportunity to interact, I invite you into this space that's, I invite you back into a space that's always been with you. So ultimately, I'm, I, as a teacher or anyone, is not giving you anything outside yourself. It's reminding you that you carry that within you. And so when you tune in 
to your third eye when you're connecting to your intuition, which is ultimately what that is, and you're breathing deeper and you're aligning yourself. We do a tune-in before every class. The words are Ong Namo Gurudev Namo. And it means literally, I bow to my higher self. And so just in that, you're, you're entering into and acknowledging that you have this inner guidance system and that often we've lost track of that. Yeah. And giving someone just that gentle reminder that it's all there. And remember, remember who you really are. Remember that you are a child of God and that is your divine essence is your truth. And that gives you, you know, that I, I, um, what you just said about this is something that's already inside you. You're inviting people back into a space that's already there, but maybe they've lost sight of or lost track of. And, you know, one of the things that I deal with so often with people lost in the trauma of divorce is they think the answers are outside themselves. They think it's in their divorce attorney's office or in the settlement that they're negotiating or in their soon-to-be ex-spouse's behavior. It's all externals that are causing them trauma. And really, it's, it's an internal game, or it's not a game, but it's an internal process. And so if you're able to turn inside and start looking in, that's where you can start doing the healing. That's where you can start finding the answers and realizing that you, it's, it's sort of like Dorothy, you've always had the power, right? You can click yeah. your heels together. And uh, even if you don't have ruby slippers, you can still go home because your home is actually within you. Yeah. And that's so powerful. It's so powerful, and it's been such a blessing to be able to share this with people because I know what it did for me, you know? So I, I could I can have that perspective of the, the who I was in yes. the way that I was operating and certainly yes. the way I saw relationships and that it's your fault that I'm this way, right? Right. And it's because you're not doing this, you're not giving me that. Um, and the trick of that, right, the trick of the mind. And when you can get a little more perspective on your own patterns and the, your own um, tendencies you can start to step out of the old story. And that's a lot of what I'm doing, not only with the coaching that I do, but the um, teaching Kundalini and teaching, sharing this technology with people is that um, first we have to acknowledge what the old story is. Most of the time we don't even have the perspective to see it as a story, right? right? We're so invested in it and so engaged in it and so see it as our truth. In the same way that is how our thoughts are, right? So the more perspective we have on that, the more neutrality. So as we're going through a Kundalini class, we, I invite people to use the mantra Sat Nam. So inhale the word Sat, exhale the word Nam, which means I am truth. And so giving yourself, again, something else to engage the mind rather than the constant chatter that the mind is always dragging us into, right? It's always taking us down a train track either to the past or to the future. If you can train yourself and that's the practice right yeah bringing yourself as much fully present into the now then you can start to notice your tendencies and the way that your mind takes you on these different deviations or negative patterns and then you can go whoa when you catch it <laughs> bring myself back how does blaming my ex blaming what happened blah 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 serve me right now and how is that going to serve me going forward and how can i shift that because only you can do it. And that's, you know, that's that power 
that's always within, right? If you can realize that the power is with you and you can change it, but that it's you that needs to change it. That's sort of a key that I have seen in working with people who are in trauma for so long that is often the hardest aspect for them to grasp, but it's almost the magic, you know, thing. I had a therapist say to me once, awareness is everything, you know, and that's really what I hear you saying is Mm -hmm. that, that the, the kundalini practice is where you can find the space and the and the the ability to start being aware. And once you're aware of your patterns, the things your th- how your thought processes work, mm-hmm. whether it's correct or not, that's where you then have that power to start making some changes. Yeah, yeah. It's a. I think that that goes to. You know, something that is so hard for people when they're going through a difficult time like divorce because that that idea of trying to be more neutral. I know you were talking about the neutral mind and all that. There's very little neutrality in people's minds when they're going through a divorce. And it's very, you know, their thoughts are all centered on how do I get what I want? How do I not let them get what they want? You know, and you talk about how being neutral can empower you in a painful situation. Can you describe that for listeners? I think ideally when it comes to interpersonal relationships, it's, it's um, first of all, the way that we're um, putting ourselves in a victim role, true or untrue, right? Yeah. Because the victim role is uh, often, now it might be very much the case that you were done wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. But how you much you identify with that role can greatly affect yourself going forward, right? So that thing happened, right? The event or the series of events. Um, But the identification with that role of the victim is is deeply um, hindering and and can keep us so stuck in blame and ultimately um, very difficult to shift direction. The longer you stay in it, too, as well. Because there are positive reinforcements that come with being a victim and telling your victim story. You get sympathy. Sympathy. You get people who, you know, commiserate with you or bond with you over their own victim, you know, victimization. But there's not a lot of power in being a victim. No. Well, and the misery loves company is really kind of a, you know, a, a negative vibration that we can get sucked into. Right. Right. I'd like to take a moment now to talk to my mediation colleagues. As many of us are facing the inability to continue our in-person mediation and dispute resolution practices, I want you to know there's an alternative option. Many of you do know that I have a fully online mediation and coaching practice, and for more than two years, I've actually been training other professionals in how to conduct their mediations online through my Learn to Mediate online program. I've always said that the future of mediation and dispute resolution is online, and now, honestly, that future is here. In my two-hour training program, you'll learn the basics of conducting your mediations through an online video conferencing platform, and I'll cover the practical and ethical considerations that you need to know to do it well. Right now, we also have several webinars scheduled, and we offer one-on-one and group trainings by appointment. I've reduced the cost of the webinars to only $299 so that as many of you as possible have access 
So go to www.learntomediateonline.com to find out more and register today. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, Kundalini expert, Daya Carr, as they discuss your inner path to happiness. One of the biggest things I will say about yoga and meditation is that it gives you that flexibility of mind. It gives you the ability to, so we call, Yogi Bhajan said it's a, a flexible mind gives you a flexible, sorry, a flexible spine gives you a flexible mind. Oh, I like right? that. So yeah. the more your energy flows up your spinal column, the more it translates into the brainstem, the more you have this mental agility. And ultimately, the mental agility means that you're not so attached to a belief. Okay, and that's a big deal. If you are enjoying this episode, check out the popular episode with Professor Carrie Cass and her discussion with Susan about what the movie Marriage Story got right and what it got oh so wrong. It sparked a conversation about what it shows about a system that can be harmful uh, to the parties as they go through it and did not actually show what is really a growing movement in how to do divorce differently, both from the party's perspective and the professional's perspective. And now we return to today's show. Yeah, actually, I just had a guest on, Wendy Sterling, who is the um, divorce recovery specialist. She's all about helping people specifically recover from divorce. Um, And one of her concepts is she worries about support groups because as much as we need Mm -hmm. support, they can also be a place where people find um, willing co-conspirators in staying stuck or what did she call it the one-upsmanship of oh that's terrible what happened to you yeah Yeah, Yeah, let me tell you about what happened to me so I think that there's a lot of of power in finding the oh gosh the space and the the strength of will to be able to look at our own role. Sure. It's deeply courageous, right? To be able to own, because that's where the growth is, right? We, we can't always be right. We're not, we're not, we're we're not not perfect. Right. No. (laughs) No. And when we can look at that with courage, um, that's one of the biggest things I will say about yoga and meditation is that it gives you that flexibility of mind. It gives you the ability to, so we call, Yogi Bhajan said, it's a, a flexible mind gives you a flexible, sorry, a flexible spine gives you a flexible mind. Oh, I like right? that. So yeah. the more your energy flows up your spinal column, the more it translates into the brainstem, the more you have this mental agility. And ultimately, the mental agility means that you're not so attached to a belief. Okay, and that's a big deal because when new information comes at us, right, or when circumstances shift in a way with beyond our expectation of what we had hoped, how do we take in that information? Either... We can resist it in cognitive dissonance, right? Nope, yeah. not going to believe it. That doesn't fit my story. I la, 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 la. That's very inconvenient, <laughs> and I don't want to believe that. Or we go, which is fear, right? Yeah. And anytime we attach to a belief, our ego um, is identifying with the belief, right? We're now, I am now this because I believe this. And so I've now solidified this into me. The danger of that is that's very limiting to growth. 
when we've solidified and identified with a belief system. The more flexibility and agility we have through our bodies, through the connection of the brainstem, the more capable we are of staying out of fear and adapting to change as it comes because change is inevitable and change is always. And so we resist, when we resist what is, pain arises, right? That's Eckhart Tolle. Pain arises when we resist what is. What is is always changing. And look at relationships, right? You have a lifetime, you've committed a relationship for, I'm getting married to you for the rest of my days, and whoops, that didn't work out. Right. Now what? Right? How can you still be? How can you still have, have deep happiness, new meaning, a new definition of yourself outside that role that you were in that relationship? What else are you? And have that agility of your possibility of thinking is so empowering. That's so amazing what you just said there. I hope everybody just just be thinking about that because there is there is such power in what you just said. And this is really the key in, in all of this that I have seen people struggle to find this truth over and over. And I myself going through change because you're right. Change is every single day. It's uncomfortable, of, oh, but it's always. It's all it's it's every moment of our lives. And and you, there's not, you know, there's there's an acceptance of change, but there's also an understanding that change is means that something different is coming it doesn't mean that what you had was bad good or it just was and that's when people are talking about the end of a relationship the end of a marriage there's something in their minds that you know you can you might break up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend and that's a trauma but it's something you know by the time you're in your 20s you've probably done that a number of times but there's something about marriage that people go into that, and when the marriage relationship doesn't work, right. it doesn't end the same way that a breakup ends mm-hmm. up. It's a, it's perceived as a major failure. It's perceived as some sort of moral wrongdoing in many yeah. cases. Yeah. And there's so much vilification that goes along with that mm-hmm. stigma that arises True. internally for people. Yeah. Um, that that is where, you know, so many people are unable, I think, to heal because they get caught in that internal dialogue of you are a failure. Mm -hmm. The relationship was a failure, which is not true necessarily. Mm -hmm. It could have been a wonderful relationship. It could have just reached its completion. Exactly. And that's actually, talk more about that because I think you, you, you and I talked about this uh, in another conversation and I think there's a lot of power in this idea too. Well, again, it's going into that, like, what programming have we received, right, from various outlets throughout our whole life, all the layers of belief systems that have factored into who we are and what we believe and what we uh, had expectations of in a marriage, right? And then beginning to kind of strip away at those um, and, and start to see that marriage can be a certain time, but we have this idea that it has to be till forever, right? Till death do us part. part. (laughs) That's pretty powerful, right? Yeah. And so there's so much expectation of that, that there's such an enormity put on it. And I, I do find that it's exciting to give people permission to release some of the old belief systems that maybe aren't even their own belief systems, right? That, that have been kind of prescribed to you. And that's what I love about teaching this to people, helping them have more of the neutral mind 
to start to disassemble, well, that, that was my mother's or that was my school and that was my society that was my society that was what advertising told me that's what the media showed me right that is not actually my belief and what's so empowering is start to the more neutral you become ideally the more you meditate the more access you have to your own intuition that's your superpower your own intuition knows if you have the subtlety to notice it and so much of our programming is externally based, right? We're always looking outward. Mm-hmm. What is it like to look within when you really take the time to, to focus on what are my beliefs? What do I want to go from here on believing or, or living in my truth, my satnam? And that's the most empowering thing you can do because if you're living by a set of prescribed rules that aren't even your own, how authentic is your life? And how much more authentic can you be is the most important thing. doesn't matter. If that was the story, fine. But now what? And now how can you find more authenticity? And, and, and authenticity is, is your reality, right? right? That is where you can create as opposed to living as a failure in somebody else's story. Right. Right. You, you, when you tune into what your belief system is and what the relationship was for you and what your future is for you, the opportunity of your future, which were, you know, you were saying, then th- that's where you, it all comes together as opposed to being this stigma, this failure, this, this something that, that to be looked back on as, you know, a, a bad time, um, in your life. It's, it's something that, you know, it was what it was. Mm-hmm. It was good. Well, it was good. I mean, nobody goes in, you know, rarely do you hear, or do I hear as a divorce attorney, people coming in and saying, oh, the whole relationship was horrible. Sure, right. I knew at the wedding that, you know, it wasn't, you know, every wedding I go to, that's a moment of hope and joy and happiness. Some of those relationships will not last till death do us part. Does it mean that for the years that they are together, it was a bad or a the right. wrong place? No, right. it, it just means it changed yeah. and something different is coming for both of them. And that's such a good point, too, is that, that acknowledging um, that it wasn't a mistake, right? Like, that's a big thing it, that people say, oh, that was a mistake that I did that. That was a mistake that I had that relationship. Like, there's so many more more healthy ways to look at that. That, that. that was a learning opportunity. That was a challenge that gave me the tools to be who I am now. Um, and also, it's not to say, I, I don't want people to think that it also means that we have to be so stoic that we don't have a mourning period, right? But you, you deserve to grieve. For sure. Absolutely. And, and, and that's all part of getting to a healthier place, right? Is having the time, the ability to really be introspective in that space to find a meditative access for that, which will be healthier than perhaps just commiserating. Right. Right. Yep. Um, but give you yourself honoring the time and, and then to really be able to get to the next place. And I, I think those are really powerful words for people who are still in the trauma that they're going to be able to, find recovery, find space. And, and the future is not the bleak. You know, this is one of my basic precepts of divorce and beyond. That's why I called the podcast divorce and beyond the, the future that may look bleak right now is actually a huge opportunity to be whatever will, will feed your soul Mm 
you just need to tune into that and be able to find your own truth and move forward into that future from that space as opposed to moving in as a failure, as someone who's, you know, relationship, I'm no longer a wife, I'm no longer a husband. Mm-hmm. You, you were a wife or you were a husband, you're still maybe a parent. There's so much more still to experience right. in your own And taking truth. that same hope that that bride and groom had in that moment where they embarked on this big journey together, you can find a hope in a whole other facet for yourself, a whole other opportunity to look forward. That's, that's wonderful. And, you know, so I, I also don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about your new podcast because I, I think that this sort of takes that conversation we were talking about societal norms and, you know, the perceptions of, of what should be that we take from what we're told or what we're, we're conditioned to believe. And you're really taking that into a whole new level with the show. So tell us again, you mentioned um, the, na- the t- name, but tell us yeah. a little bit more about the show. Thank you. Yes, Sexual Alchemy with Dea Carr. So right. it's... What a great name. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of... Um, it, it feels like a bold move, although I feel more and more uh, it, it's it's so necessary. It's so necessary to have conscious conversation about sexuality that is uh, outside of, again, what's prescribed to us, that we either have this kind of repressed notion that many generations past have operated under or to this state of kind of pornographied um, Yeah, we live in extreme, a very yeah. sexualized you know, world these days. Right. And so the, either one are very limiting. And, and ideally, from a spiritual perspective, I want to delve deeper into the sacred and the more subtle aspects of, of human sexuality and really f- tr- uh, healing the second chakra. So the second chakra is the sacral. Um, and and why it's called the sacral, right? Because it's this is it is the sacred, and the creative force and healing the divine feminine. And in doing so, we are inviting our brothers into a healing space too. We are healing the, the divine masculine. That any toxic relationship at this point in the sexual realm is is hurting all of us. And there's so much of that and in the, so in the world it. today. I mean, the, we've, we've hit a place in our society, at least here or in our world, where sexuality is becoming a, a, such a supercharged, toxic, d- difficult conversation for people. And that's one of the reasons I love that you're you know, centering your show on this because some people will just hear that it's about sexuality and go, oh my God, we can't talk about that. I still get that quite often, you know, that sort of response. And other people I think are going to be drawn in from a perspective of, oh, it's about sex. I want to talk about that, right? You know, and, and, and yes, exactly. You yeah, know, the yeah. people are, are drawn to, um, you know, the word sex in a title, but there's so much more to the conversation that you're having. This isn't just, you know, this isn't a show about the mechanics of sex. This sure. is about a much deeper conversation. Well, and I think what's so important too is that we have this idea that somehow spirituality and sexuality are, are uh, yeah, that they cannot exist together. And reality is sexuality is spirituality when it's healthy. Right. It is, there is no greater expression of divine alignment. And the more you can invite people into that way of thinking, like I, I truly believe it's transformative and, uh, deeply collectively healing. That's the bigger thing is that we're so, um, detached from a healthy place. And that's why it's so confusing. 
Yeah. And that's why it's so provocative, right? Because mm -hmm. it's either a dirty word, taboo, or it's, you know, clinical, or it's, we have very limited definitions of being able to um, really own our sexuality as a wholeness, right? It's this compartmentalized part of ourselves, or it's the totality of ourselves and we're for sale, right? Yep. It has to be the virgin or the whore, right? That we have these extreme archetypes, especially as women. Yes. Um, and where, and that's where I want to delve into because healing that will help heal men's relationship and understanding of women as whole beings, that they don't have to be the mother or the or the whore. Or the whore. Right. Yeah. That, they're, that, that there is life is a little more complicated than that and a lot better. And that's where the beauty is. Again, that yeah. third option. Right? Yeah. Well, well, perfect. That, yeah. that goes back to it. And, and you know, I think um, for those who are going through the trauma of divorce and all that, sexuality is such a, an area of fear sure. um, for people. Uh, where And it can have been... Um, very often it's also been a point of contention in the relationship. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, marriages that are breaking down, usually there's a sexual component of dysfunction or disharmony that has been an issue. So mm -hmm. I think your podcast is going to be something for my listeners um, to also find, you know, as they go back out into a world where they get to start to redefine perhaps for themselves what their sexuality is or their... their um, their role and their sexual being, um, and if not from a place of fear, right. um, but from a place of empowerment as well. So I'm, I'm very happy that you're doing this show. I really think it's going to be something that will help people in my space, you know, in yeah, the door space, yeah. but in so, you know, it's, it's something that we all, Hey, sex is in uh, everyone's yeah. life, but now the show's not live yet, but not it's going to be yet. coming about in the next couple of months. Give that next two months. Okay. Yeah, so probably sure. March, 2020, start looking for yes, people. Yeah. And if you watch the show, I will be, um, I'll be for sure putting it out on that Instagram, as you all know, with me. So, well, day, I, I, I want to make sure I know we haven't had a chance to go, you know, really delve into this, but people can reach out to you. You do do be in addition to your in-person yoga trainings, you do virtual yes, trainings yes. as well, right? Yes. And um, you work as a coach with people. So yeah. can you tell them how to get in touch with you? Certainly. So uh, my website is uh, Daya Car Yoga, and that's Daya, D-Y-A-K-A-U-R, yoga.com. And I can be reached through that. Um, or my email is Libby Lidecker at Gmail. And I will um, have all of that in the show notes so that you can all reach out to Dea. But thank you so much for oh, coming on. We, an this honor. was such a wonderful opportunity to be in the same space. So, and I hope that all of you who are out there in YouTube land enjoyed the uh, live show. So thank you very much, Dea. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Thank you.